Good morning, church family. I am excited to be back and talking about Joshua. We have another chapter in our story. Um, If you would like, please read Joshua chapter 7. Get caught up to where we are so that we can have this nice little chat about Achan and his sin and how we can deal with that sin as well. So head out there, read Joshua chapter 7. I'll be right here. I won't go anywhere. I'll be back as soon as you are, um, and then we'll dive right in. So, last week in Joshua chapter 6, we saw some extreme violence displayed in the annihilation of Jericho, and we see it again here in chapter 7. What perhaps makes this violence sting all the more is that it is displayed within the camp of Israel, and God commands it again. So, for the sake of recap, we should first point out a quite common practice among armies, a practice that was in place during both the classical era as well as up into the medieval period. Militaries were rarely paid. Apart from the Roman army after 405 BC, soldiers were not paid a salary, but were instead allowed to keep whatever plunder they could loot during wartime. This was almost certainly the case for the Israelite army as well. With 40,000 men and no country yet, or currency to speak of, the soldiers were undoubtedly paid in plunder. This idea is reinforced in Joshua 6, 18-19, when the Israelites were explicitly told not to take plunder from Jericho, and instead to give it to the Lord. If we relate plunder to salary in this regard, there is a small commentary to be made on tithing. Jericho is the first city which the Israelites overtake, and therefore the plunder from the city would be the Israelites' quote-unquote first fruits of labor. Though tithe itself is especially important, this acts as a good reminder that your calling should receive your first fruits of your life. I'm not talking about finances necessarily, but rather that your time, effort, and energy should go to God and the calling that he has for you first, especially if you're single. The big focus, though, for this chapter is Achan's hidden sin. Instead of giving his plunder to the Lord, he kept it for himself, selfishly holding on to about 250 shekels of precious metals as well as an ornate robe. It's difficult to know the exact value of these things, though the point is that Achan coveted after them and disobeyed God's command. Achan's sin is a warning to all Christians about the dangers of unconfessed sin and disobedience. Hiding transgressions from the Lord does not work, but rather produces death, as we see in Achan. In our own lives, we can feel distant from God, guilty about the sin we are hiding, and especially closed off from the kind of vulnerability that bears fruit and healing in fellowship with other believers, the remedy for which we see in James chapter 5, verse 16. But there is a special additional danger that we see expressed here in chapter 7. In Joshua 7, verses 10 through 12, we see that God was not with the Israelites in their conquest against Ai because they broke the covenant. And God would not return to the side of the Israelites until the sinner had been rooted out and punished. This is analogous to our own lives, as sin can obstruct our relationship with God and make us ineffective in our calling. This is not to say that God abandons us, he has promised to never leave us or forsake us, but rather that we have distanced ourselves from God by our sin. Notice how God uses the defeat at Ai to bring Joshua and, in effect, Israel back to him. Achan had, through sin, put distance between Israel and God. God, through the defeat at Ai, notified Joshua of the sin and drew Israel back to him. 
This is no different than how God deals with us today. Sin separates us from God, not eternally, but in relationship, and often God uses trials to draw us back to him. This example of sin and its effect on our relationship with God should encourage us to lean into vulnerability, to have no hidden or unconfessed sin. What then are we to do when we do sin? We are not perfect, as Paul says in Romans 7. As children of God, we want to serve him, but our sinful natures still compel us at times to sin. We first and foremost must come to God with our sin, confessing our sin and asking for forgiveness, for he is faithful and just to forgive. But a professed Christian must realize that there is a greater eye on us. Joshua recognizes this grander spotlight in his plea to the Lord at the start of chapter 7, where he points out that other nations will catch wind of their failure at Ai. Therefore, Achan was punished severely and publicly, and we also must root out our sins openly and fully. We cannot leave a part of our sin on the table, only being open to some, and we cannot simply attempt to overcome sin. It must be a deliberate and concerted effort to eradicate the obstructive sin in our lives so that our relationship with God may be closer and that our calling may be more effective. This means having an accountability partner, studying and working hard in some instances to overcome addictive sins. There's grace too. We'll never be able to root out all of our sin from our lives, but that's why Jesus was sent to die in our place. Now, leaning into that question that we have, this overarching idea, is war good? I think this chapter is especially challenging with that because we see some harsh violence expressed, uh, specifically towards the people of Israel. And we're just reminded again of, of the strangeness of God's calling on the people of Israel to be violent and to engage in this strict wartime kind of mentality and attitude, something that we as Christians in the 21st century are unfamiliar with. Now, I think though this opens our eyes a little bit to why God is calling the Israelites to engage in this conflict, and that's the evil of sin, right? Achan committed a sin. He disobeyed God. He coveted God's treasure. And we too often minimize the power of sin. We we look at what God's done, we look at the death of Jesus on the cross, and we say, sin is defeated, sin is destroyed, there is grace, there is mercy, and all of that is true. But too often we forget that sin is death. Sin is evil. Sin is the thing in this world that corrupts and destroys and brings all of us down, and it should be sought out, rooted out, and destroyed. Sin needs to be cut out of our lives. And I think this passage really reflects that, and it reminds us that there's no length that God won't go to to remove sin from his people. And yes, in this instance, that called Achan to be removed from the Israelite family, but the greatest calling that God did and the greatest act that God did to remove sin was the death of his son. So I think that one of the reasons, uh, as we come closer to this idea uh, of why the Israelites were called to engage in war, is this concept that sin is evil. Sin is bad, and it needs to be removed. And the world that God has control over, even though in the Bible we only see the Israelite story, or we primarily see the Israelite story, it's true that the whole world is God's world. The whole planet is God's planet. All of its people are his people. Um, even though he has drawn the Israelites near to him, that isn't to say that 
the Canaanites are uh, off the hook for sin. Um, And I think that there is some desire on God's part to redeem the world back to his intended form of creation. And in this instance, he chooses to use conflict in part to do that. I don't know if that answer is satisfactory, and I don't necessarily think that's the end of our conversation on the subject by any means. But I think as we step forward and as we continue to walk through this chapter, we begin to see how God responds to obedience, how God responds to sin, and how God is calling us to obedience, and how God is desperately grabbing onto us to pull us away from disobedience and sin. So um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for spending a little bit of time with me. Thank you guys for reading Joshua with me. I love this book. I think it's so enjoyable and enriching to go through. Um, So I'm excited to talk to you guys next week, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.